Shabbat shalom, everyone. So great, so wonderful to see such a full house on Shabbat morning. I'm Rabbi Diane, the Associate Rabbi at Roman Room. Um, so I have a, a small confession to make. I, I found out something about the Parsha yesterday, about the Korsha, that I really should have known. And I, I'm, I'm telling you all that uh, I really should have known it, and I did. So, so here's what it is. So until yesterday, I thought the Ark was a boat. <laughs> and it turns out, wait, is my friend Anna Levy Lyons here? So it turns out, my friend and teacher Anna Levy Lyons, who's also a, a writer and a teacher uh, in the world, um, told me it was, it's not a boat. Did anyone think, how many people think the ark is a boat? I mean, really, confess. How many people think the ark is a boat? How many people don't think the ark is a boat? Okay, so the ark, as it turns out, is a box. It's not shaped as a boat. So if you look at the measurements, right, which are detailed in our parsha, it turns out that it's like a floating box, right? A floating box. Is that right, Anna? Do you want to add anything? No, no. Okay, so I'm a rabbi. I even learned this in rabbinical school. I'm just telling you, but I really shouldn't know. Okay, so so here we are at the open up. Now, uh, hopefully you have a page that looks like this, or you have access to one, so you can share it. Okay, you can share it. So what I want to do today with you is talk about the window in the box. Not the box, okay, we're all established it's a box. What I want to talk about is the window. So everyone open up, hopefully you have a sheet in front of you, and if you don't, it's okay. If you do, you can share it with someone that's even better. And I want you to look at page 43 in the Torah. So God tells Noah, Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make an ark of compartments, cover inside and outside with pitch, all these measurements. And then finally, in verse 16, which we're going to hear in our Torah reading today, it says, So hard to aset la teva, okay? Make an opening for daylight in the ark and terminate it within a cubit of the top. So it should sort of be right at the top, but not right at the top, right? A little bit down from the top, but towards the top of this multi-story box. Um, all right, that's it. We're gonna, we're gonna look at the question of this window in the ark. What is this window? So it's a very strange word. The, the, what we understand to be a window from the context is actually not called a window. What's the Hebrew word for window? Hello, right? So it's called a tzohar. So the question is, what's a tzohar? So some rabbis think tzohar refers to tzoharayim, which is noon. And other people, other rabbis say, it's related to a verb for glowing, for glowing. So there was some kind of glowing something near the top of the ark that filled the ark with light. Okay? Something, some glowing something. We're going to talk more about what that glowing something was in a minute. So look at the Midrash. This is from Genesis Rabbah, which is the ancient legends and commentary interpretation on the book of Genesis. And I want somebody to read this Midrash. The, the, the beginning of it is particularly entertaining. So can someone get up and read in a really loud voice? Anyone willing? All right, God, I'll do it. You'll do it. Alina. Where do I start? 
So a source of light, Sohar. He says, Genesis Rabba, right over there. Where, down here? source of light shall you make for the ark. So that's the verse, that's the pasuk from the Torah. Okay, it means a skylight. Rabbi Levi said a precious stone. Oh wait, you skipped something really oh, okay. important. Okay. Rabbi Munya and Rabbi Phineas and Rabbi Hanan and Rabbi Hoshaya could not explain. Rabbi... Okay, so four guys are sitting around, four rabbis, and they can't explain it. It's so interesting that the Midrash, the legend, the, the, you know, feels the need to tell us four people could not explain what this meant. Okay, go on. Rabbi Abba Be'Kahana and Rabbi Levi did explain it. So two guys knew what it meant. So what does it mean? Rabbi Abba Be'Kahana said it means a skylight. And Rabbi Levi said a precious stone. Okay, so there are two interpretations of where the source of light came from in this, what would otherwise be a dark, floating box. Rabbi Phinehas said in Rabbi Levi's name, during the whole 12 months that Noah was in the ark, he did not require the light of the sun by day or the light of the moon by night, but he had a polished gem which he hung up. When it was dim, he knew that it was day, and when it shone, he knew that it was night. Okay, so this is expanding the second position, right? What is this precious stone? Right. Now, the origin of this idea in Jewish legends of this precious stone comes from the beginning of the Torah. So the beginning of the Torah, what's created? By the or, right? God creates, the first thing that God creates is light. But then, there's a really puzzling problem about this light. What is it? What, what gets created after God creates light? The, the sun and the moon. So what's that first light? So what the rabbis say is that it's some kind of spiritual light. And that spiritual light, some rabbis say, was a jewel that emitted light and was passed down through the generations. So Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve had it. And now here Noah has it, and it's hung up in the ark. Now later on, Abraham gets it. And what it said about Abraham is really beautiful. Abraham wore it around his neck, and it was a stone, it was light that Abraham used to heal people. And ultimately, it was this otherworldly light, this, this, um, this gem, really became a part of our Torah, right? which is where we get light from. So now I want to ask a question. So we have two sources of light. One is a window to look in the outside world. And one is this glowing jewel. And I want to think about our moment in time. Because the flood, right, the flood and the story of being saved from the flood really resonates to our own time. <coughs> and we're all thinking, well, I can't speak for everybody in the room, but many of us are thinking about climate change and environmental disaster, if I can put that word into the room, and how we approach that and how we avert that. And we can imagine for a moment that we're still, and we know we're still relatively protected. We're in this ark together, and we're looking at, we're looking through, we're looking at, we're looking up this window that gives us light. So what I want to ask is, how can we face this disaster? Like through what frames, what window frames, what frames of vision are we 
looking at this disaster that will actually allow us to function instead of getting so overwhelmed and depressed that we're all laying on the ground. So what's our source of light? Is it the Torah? Is it a gem within that's kind of giving us light? Is it light from the outside world? Is it the sunlight? How, how can we possibly look at this again in a way that's productive? What's, what's our vision? That's what I want to open up to you today. What's, what's, the, what's the vision? Where's the light coming from in this moment of what feels to me like real darkness? And if you don't feel that way, I'm also interested in what you have to say. Okay, so um, let me just, you know, let me just see who has something to say. And I'm going to ask people to keep their comments brief so that we hear more voices, okay? So, go ahead. Can you, do you mind introducing, stand up and introducing yourself? You're one of the Westchester? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm Jacob. Um, I was thinking of Greta Thunberg and how she's kind of a precious gem of light. Oh, that's how, beautiful. Um, Greta, so Jacob's saying, can people hear it? No. 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 Could you do mind standing up and yeah. saying it louder and then Hi, if people don't hear, I'll say it louder. Greta Thunberg, as a, she can be the precious gem and her wisdom and her anger and her heart um, illuminates us oh. and gets us to see, look out the window and actually have faith, but have a responsible. So Jacob is telling us all about Greta Thunberg, is it Thunberg? You know, the young woman, you know, perhaps the prophet, a prophet of our times, who's really bringing us light so we can look at and respond to what's going on. Okay. Um, Elliot, Rachel, Nehemiah, and again, I'm going to ask you, and then in the back, I'm going to ask you four comments. So keep your comments as succinct as possible. Yeah. Just to pick up Jacob, yeah, just to pick up what Jacob said. There and are, as loud as possible. Yeah, there are others um, like Greta. Um, there are many like Greta who are brave um, and inspired and who are working um, you know, to um, help us avert you know, the, the worst, um, what, may, what may come. Um, and I think the, the light is uh, to, um, oh, the, to find people like that, um, and to and to work with other people, okay, um, to um, help um, this this precious earth, um, you know, do the, do the best that it can in the, in the coming decades. Okay, so what can help us? What you're saying about averting the decree also reminds me of the language from um, High Holy Days, averting the evil decree or the evil of the de the. The evil of the decree, right? Roa Hagzera. Okay. Uh, Rachel and Nachania. Go ahead. I would encourage all of us to be linked into at least one reputable communication channel. Uh, there are so many of them. Do not sit home and think about it, but uh, hold hands with people working on it. Uh, for instance, the French Embassy of All Things is having a whole weekend next week uh, with something curated by the founder of 350 where there are Europeans and Americans reporting on what they are doing. Okay, excellent. Thank you. So Rachel's saying that the darkness increases when we're alone, right? And the light increases when we join other people working on this issue. And she also talked about an event that the Fresh French Embassy is hosting. So if you're interested in that, please see her afterwards. I want to take on the great midrash that you gave us in the, uh, 
built in Google. So we had a, a class before services in which we um, also studied the Parsha. Which I recommend to all of you to come, so we'll have to do it here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> short. <laughs> so, as you told, as we learned together from you and from all of us, Noah was one man that served the entire humanity. And they said that each one of us should see ourselves, the Hasid said, as the balance of the world is on us, not somebody else. Mm. So, and Noah put this sword. This window, this, this, this window, which I believe like the, the, the paradox of the Torah beyond, it's both. It's a small, small window for outside, but it's also from inside, the, the gem. And I'm suggesting the color of the gem is there, this blue. Behind me, behind me, on the right. No, no? No. <laughs> Electronic. A small Electronic. blue. Electronic. The new light inside. Behind. It's not the monitor. It's the light. Because... Wait a second, we found the jewel! <laughs> The face of God, the best I can see, uh -huh. it was like a sapphire. Uh -huh. Like a sapphire stone. And the great saints of all traditions tell us about a blue pearl inside us that exists. Okay. That if you go deep in your contemplation, prayer, and meditation, you'll see it one day. Okay. And this light will shine through you. Always shine, but will shine beautiful. even more. Thank you. Thank everyone. you. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay, there was a hand over that and then Anna. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is John. Hi, John. Morning, Rabbi. What an opportunity to be righteous. And so my take on things is this. How the stories, there's a, there's an opportunity to think about something different than what I carry in here. Other stories that are bringing me down. Yeah. This story brings me up. Wait, wait, let me just, the story of the flood brings you up? God this destroying story. all humanity. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> about art, about a window, yeah. about light, yeah. and all the and symbols. And an ultimate rainbow, also, light itself for me represents energy and life Beautiful. and such words as I'm enlightened. Beautiful. So I you really are getting your light from I the Torah today. I feel lighter. Yeah, I'm lighter. Uh -huh. Beautiful. Illuminated. Illuminated. Okay, Anna, thank you. Yeah, I also think we can find light and inspiration in Noah himself and his story because he he was the good guy in the story, right? God destroyed the world because of everybody else, and he was the one who was righteous. So it wasn't his fault that the world was destroyed, and yet he was the one tasked, and he accepted the task of cleaning up a mess that he did not make. And that's what, that's what we all need to do. And not only did he save all of humanity, but he saved the entire biodiversity of the earth by bringing all of the creatures along with him. So that his willingness, his ability to take on that responsibility um, 
is a beautiful expression. Amen. Amen. So, so do people hear Anna? No. Anna, do you mind doing it one more time? Use the mic. Louder. Use the mic. Thank you. Caused the caused God to want to destroy humanity. He was the good guy, right? And so he was tasked with cleaning up a mess that he did not make. And it was his willingness to do that, his ability to do that, not just for humanity, but for the entire saving the entire biodiversity of the earth, that he was able to to actually save save everything and everybody. That gives us hope as individuals. Thank you. So, something else I learned recently, I think this is a rabbinic midrash, that every animal, talk about like honoring biodiversity, every animal on the boat had their own room. I think some of you don't even have your own room. Right? So it's like every animal has their place. Every animal has their place. Right? Every has its honor, has its sanctity. Yeah, Rabbi Glazer. I enjoy manipulating the letters of Hebrew words. Good, have fun. If, if you take Yitzhar and you rearrange the letters of Yitzhar, you end up with the word Rotzeh. Uh -huh. Rotzeh means? What? What? In other words, the light is connected to a person's desire. Mm -hmm. Deep desire, the tova, as the cantor said before. For goodness. For goodness. So if each individual carries within himself or herself the desire, but a deeply embedded desire to make a change and to bring light into this world, that desire will find its fulfillment in some way, individually and collectively. Beautiful. Amen. Amen. Okay, I see uh, two more hands, and I, I especially invite our visitors, if you want to say anything. Um, two more hands, and then we're going to, as Rabbi David says, bring you in for landing. Okay, there's a hand over here. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lou. Um, I, think, I uh, just want to expand on, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Anna. Anna? But Anna had said that, um, you know, it was tasked to know it to clean up a mess of uh, other people. It, it really is young people that are tasked with cleaning up the mess that, unfortunately, my generation has left. Um, and as a teacher of 11th and 12th graders, I can tell, I tell them all the time that we've messed up on the environment big time, but that they won't because they, uh, they have more skin in the game. So we could, we could follow, we could follow their lead. Right. So how implicated is each of us, right? And especially, I mean, for some of us having children makes us feel like we're more implicated because we don't know and we are, we fear what they will see in their lifetimes and experience. Okay, there was a hand. Yes. Hi, I'm Miriam. Hi, Miriam. Um, what brings me light um, is Torah, not to, you know, I know we're all here, so. Um, but you just taught me that the, it, the ark was a box. And if someone said that a box would float, I would say no. <laughs> and yet it did. And I think for me, I've come to Torah because in my day-to-day -day people say this is the way we're doing it, this is the only way it can work, can't you see there's no other way? But if, if it was a box that saves 
all beings, um, there's always another way. So there's another way maybe that we can't imagine at this moment. And to have faith maybe that knowing that there are other ways that we don't yet know. And that we can't imagine, but we will discover. Or if, or if we see them, that they're worth pursuing even if other people don't. Yeah. yeah. So trusting new ideas, even if other people are kind of sort of knocking them down. Absolutely. Let, letting, the, letting the fledgling ideas of hope live and, and nurturing them. Okay. Um, okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. So um, we're going to take exactly three more comments and we're going to go like this. Okay. Go ahead. Wait. My name is Mordechai. I'm Mordechai. Uh, I was thinking about this uh, phenomenon of good God. Uh, the phenomenon of good God. Good God. So uh, we know that that uh, the person that allows or knows how to allow their soul to speak for them, to take over, to listen to, okay, that person is connected. Hashem. And therefore, uh, if you do not do that, you are uh, living with the circumstances of life, okay? You and I have the tendency to, to mess up. And this is what had happened probably to that uh, door, the door Hamabur. So, so uh, if in, from uh, listening to ourselves from within, we have a chance to do all those corrections and connect to the divinity that has been Okay, So actually connecting to God can give us hope, and that's what the generation of the flood didn't do. Yeah. Okay, Rabbi, did you have something? Well, what I wanted to say is that one of the things that inspires me about the story of the of Sohar is that sometimes it's a window, and sometimes it's a jewel. Yeah. And to me, that says something about getting inspiration from outside and from inside. Mm -hmm. Right, that sometimes we need to look at what's outside us yes. to be to, to find yes. what we need. And sometimes we, we need to go we need to go deeper in. Yeah, one of the things that, that scares me about some types of spirituality feels like it closes the window and it leaves us only with ourselves. So I think that balance is especially crucial. <clears throat> okay, so we have one more. Yes. So an arc is something that reflects light. Right. And then when I first come in contact with the Western religion, and it was mentioned to Wendy that my first rabbi is Rabbi Posner. Uh, yesterday I went to his outside. Mm -hmm. So 28 years ago, when he first asked me to open the arc, the arc. and I actually 
Nice. I looked around and then he pointed me and asked me to open the door. That's how I said, oh, so that is also a great vessel that reflects light. Yeah. And so then as I dive so into the, it. The Torah, the Torah in her ark. Yeah. Right? And, and um, our ancient rabbis also pointed out that the word for ark, teva, also means word. Also means language. So what kind of words can we use that will bring light to a dark world? So this aliyah, for those of you who would like to join me up at the Torah, is for those who want to connect to their light within, that, that glowing stone, and those who also ready to receive light from the outside, and those who are really ready to also bring light to the outside world. And